I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. I am back as ever with Jason Daniels. Jason, hi. Uh, good afternoon, evening, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's raining, uh, so this could cut, thunderstorms could cut this out at any point. Oh, you're, you've got rain. I haven't got it yet, so uh, we're, we're in different parts of the uh, country, obviously. Um, Brad Todd, hello. Good evening, Tom. You all right? Yeah, I mean, it took me it took me all my strength to uh, to shorten that to Brad Todd rather than Bradley Todd, but uh, here it is. Not, not doesn't not, quite sound the same. No, I quite it, like Bradley Todd. It doesn't, yeah. Good. Bradley Todd's got like a, a flowing ring to it, hasn't it? Whereas yeah, Brad feels a little bit forced. So uh, <laughs> I, I will, I'll keep with the Bradley Todd at the start and Brad throughout the podcast. Uh, just for anyone that was listening there, uh, Brad has not requested that I call him Brad Todd, so uh, don't think of him as a prima donna who wants to change things up. Um <laughs> Good week again last week, gents. Uh, you and Ferguson finishing first for you, Brad, and second yep. for uh, Connor Simon for me and Jace. So, uh, you know, good good week. Uh, podcast keeps going strong. Uh, personally, that is now four seconds in a row for me on a DP World Tour. So, uh, starting to get a little bit uh, fed up. But the one thing I would say is that Connor Simon's not really, both times, really looked like he was going to win. He's kind of just vaulted himself up the leaderboard both times. Uh, and Ferguson never really looked like giving out, did he, Brad? No, he didn't. Um, I was actually very impressed with the way he handled himself. Obviously, you just think back to Kenya yeah. and think what happened there. And then, uh, but you know, he's come a long way as a player, and he just looked very steady. Like there was a few times you could see the putter going, getting a little bit nervy. Um, but overall, he was the best player by a mile, and he deserved to win it. So yeah, fantastic. Joe, it's one for you that you sort of marked at the start of the year is one that you were. Uh, we're going to follow over on Golf WRX, yeah. uh, WRX and uh, it's, it's come off well. Yeah, I put it up on Bet Victor one as well. So, oh, um, there you go. Yeah, that's it's yeah yeah they're doing well they're doing well but there's going to have to be a rethink at the start of the year about how we do this because you tend to look at them and go oh they've shortened up I know Brad was on last week yeah um, but you either either back them every single time or it could be a very very expensive thing if you get your season wrong couldn't it? It could. Mm. Um, you know ten ten of them. Backing every single one every week is, I mean, as it happens, it's it's well in profit now. Um, with Ferguson, yeah, and Dwyer, uh, I can't remember who else, um, whoever else was there. Um, oh, um, uh, did a little, little uh, what's her face? What's her face? Oh, Ayaka Furu. Yes, that's it, Ayaka Furu. Yeah, um, so it's well, it's well in front, um, but yeah, look, not being on Ferguson twice. And being on three other times is a real annoyance. Yeah. But mm. what can you do? I, I thought John Catlin was was shocking. He was shocking. shocking. Very disappointing. Um, yeah. Over the weekend. Um, there we are. You know that's it. Well done. Yeah. First, second. It's kind of signed down what he does tends to do really because he he really wasn't placed. No. Until he just sort of as it was all over, he decided to to play properly, um, and then came from nowhere really to to nick a place. Um, there we are. That's European golf for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's tough now because I, I was sort of in this conversation with uh, Sky just now and do you look at Conor Simon and say he's had two really good Sundays now and that's really positive or do you look at the fact that he's done them both went off the pace and it still doesn't really factor into the fact that if he was in contention it could be the same old story. So um, interesting to see where that goes with, with Conor Simon. But that's, that's, sorry, sorry, just yeah. but that, we're going to have that conversation about one particular person very soon okay. um, about his price shortening up and whether he's any good in contention. I, I think we definitely are looking at the uh, the odds board. But before we go into the uh, Czech, Czech Masters, 
Uh, Will Zalatoris finally over the line. Um, does feel like a, someone that is finally over the line after a few near misses, even near misses in bigger events. Um, he was, by the way, terrible in the playoff. Um, just happened to be that someone else was more terrible than him. Um, that, oh, that playoff was carnage. That was that was awful. It was well, it was perfect entertainment for us, Brad. That that weren't actually on either felt, golfer. Yeah, I just felt for anyone who were, who was on Zalatoris in one way. Obviously, they they got a reward at the end of it, but I'd have probably had heart failure, <laughs> especially when he's standing over that. Like, just pick it up, please. Yeah. Don't play, you I, know? Think, I think he was actually trying to ice Stracker there, which was really strange considering Stracker had basically lost it at that point. Um, I thought it was bizarre. Like, I know he's got that decade goal thing that he follows Zalatoris, but just constantly. I mean, I, I don't like to agree with Wayne Riley ever. Um, mm. And I, I didn't like the fact that he kept saying it every single time he'd done it. But <laughs> he was terrible in the commentary. But the constant just ploughing it into that right-hand side of his driver probably was the wrong move uh, in mm. the end. So it, he, he actually was quite fortunate because when Stracker hit that, um, that, that second one straight in the middle of the fairway, he should have done a lot better. And how he managed to completely mishit it and, and go into water on that par three was, was yeah. I mean, it's anyone's business, isn't it? So um, ironically, that's the worst Salvatoris has played in a playoff. Uh, and he's won, and all the other times he's kind of lost out. So it, it just shows, don't you? Need you need the luck, and and we sort of referenced Brad uh, earlier on and Jace as well that like he was getting the he was getting the luck throughout the round. Really, I mean, he had a, a big bounce on ten, um, you know, and and yeah. you don't want to take it away from him because I think he he's owed his fair share of luck, right? Um, well, that's it. That's the way you look at it. Like swings and roundabouts. That yeah. is. Like He's definitely do a bit. Probably, probably feel sorry for his old caddy a little bit if you don't blame him for his past failures. Um, mm. Going one week out and, and he goes and wins. But uh, I don't know what this is going to do now. I don't think I saw anything yesterday that suggests to me that he's going to go on this kind of Scotty Scheffler tear that we thought he might do after the first win. I know you've kind of referenced that a couple of times, Jason. I know that there's kind of excitement about getting him back to back and stuff now. But... I didn't feel like I saw that yesterday. That's not to say it can't be now the monkeys off the back, um, but it's, it's tough to understand, I think. Yeah, I mean after Finau and uh, like obviously recently, and then Scheffler, of course, it's like you can't rule it out. No. But yeah, at the same time, it's not something I'm jumping on board with. I, th- I think it's one of those ones that, like, because a couple of people have done it recently, everyone thinks that everyone can do it, um, and you're probably quite a dangerous line of thinking. Um, but no, all, all positive. Good to see him win. Obviously, he was an, a pretty early podcast guest before he, I think it was a week before he got his Corn Ferry Tour win. So uh, nice to see him get that PJ Tour win. But let's go into the Czech Masters. Uh, it's a golf course that we've seen uh, plenty of times before. It's an event we've seen over the years as well. Um, Jason, I come to you first. Kind of, this is just one of those ones, generally speaking. Um, that you do take the bombers. I know that the Brad kind of had uh, some comments on that earlier, and, and when you look at the winners list, there is some counterpoints to that. But generally speaking, Jace, it's probably best to go for those longer hitters that can kind of get away with stuff here. Yeah, I think so. I think recent winners show that. I mean, we know Hayden Poitras, for example, was absolute bomber. Um, Thomas Peters can hit the ball. I know there's others there. Yeah. Adrian Noose was second last year. Um, I know there's others there. I mean, course form is, is obviously reasonable. I mean, having said that, you know, Peter's won twice. You've got um, Andre Pavan, who can't hit a barn door. Yeah. Um, generally, week to week, he's been uh, what first and fourth or something. I can't remember because I've, my screen's started. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't shut the tab yeah. down or something like that, have you? But no, he was first and third in the past. 
Yeah, first and third. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, so so it's um, really just smack it down there. I, it's, it reminds me a little bit of sort of Green Eagle, really, in the sort of length, and you can just give it an absolute bomb. But there are, you know, there are enough sort of links and uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, Dubai form in there that just suggests you can. It's wide enough to to not particularly worry about it. And I, yeah, like look, it could be anybody. It's, I don't. Many people are going to be missing fairways that much of the time this week, so it will be a second shot course. It obviously helps if you can take two clubs less than the next person. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's we all, obviously we look at tee to green. I think we said this before. You look at tee to green, but it's how you get to your tee to green figure. Yeah. Sometimes your tee to green figure is because of your approaches. Sometimes because of driving. In this week, it's because of driving. Um, so that's my list basically: eagles driving distance, tee to green, greens and reg, bit of everything else. Put them together, a couple of people in form, a couple of people can't be bothered this time of year. Um, job done. Yeah, once again, there's quite a few players that you thought were going to win this week that didn't decide to show up, which is uh, one of those ones where if we were their agents, we'd probably advise them differently. Um, well, Hilly Kelder absolutely telegraphed. Yeah. Well, what I thought really weird, I thought he'd get, I thought he'd missed it because he was going over to play the corn ferry. But well, not. me too. Oh, I'm like Jason, I was fully on board with Hilly Kelder this week. I was quite gutted he didn't show up there. Yeah, he's just he's just having a week off, which is uh, you know, whatever. If he doesn't want to win, he doesn't want to win. I find that weird, given this this is this is absolutely a, a, you know one. I think like, I think being in form would be crucial this week. Hmm. Um, it's just going to. I know it's long. It's not difficult. But it's going to wear you down. Um, and I think being in form is massive. And I'm surprised. Yeah. I'd have, I'd have, as soon as I knew I was, you know, well, I don't know when the when the uh, entries closed, but I'd have been in certainly if I was him. But hey, you're not so. He's not here, so it doesn't matter, does it? Um, but no, but you get your money back. <laughs> you do get your money back, so that's always good. Uh, you can't lose, can you? Um, but Brad, to the, to the point of, you know, you can get some others winning here. Paul Peterson's won here. Lee Slattery's contended behind Hayden Porteous. Um, you know, I, I don't really remember how long Jamie Donaldson was in 2014. I mean, he was right cup player then. But like, as long as he is now. He, you know... It, it was longer back then, I think, yeah. You can do things differently here. I, I think... It might even be a way of saying that actually, if you're a poor driver of the ball, you can contend here because you get away with stuff as opposed to being necessarily long, I suppose. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Definitely. Um, but there's some players that obviously create an awful lot of intrigue in this event, no more so than Thomas Peters, that's obviously won it twice and sits there at seven to one. Uh, Vincent mm. Perez is 16 to one. Eddie Peppel, 20. Ian Poulter, 22. Uh, Richard Mansell, 25. Henny Duplessis, 25. And we'll stop there. Um, if there was anybody on the other side that I was really, really certain of, if I really fancied Rory, I really fancied uh, Ram. I, I mean, there is one I do like, um, which if I've said those two, you can probably guess who it is. Um, you know, it might be worth doubling him up, but he is short enough, I think, to leave alone. Um, but gents, I mean, I think the conversation needs to happen. Jace, I'll let you have it because uh, you're the <laughs> you're the one that would like to dig in with him. Um, I suppose now, and you, Brad. I suppose so, Brad. I'll let you give the reasons as to why you're going with Richard Mansell at twenty-five yeah. to one, um, yeah. and then Jace, I'll let you sort of paradox it with why you might not want to at twenty-five to one. But yeah. Richard Mansell here is twenty-five to one. Um, Brad, yeah. statistically profiling, he's he's perfect. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's and he hits it an absolute mile, so he ticks that box. Yeah, he's he's we've seen it here, bombers. We just alluded oh! to Peter's Porteous. So, I mean, he ticks that box straight away. He had a slow start 
last week, didn't he? He, finished, I think he only fired three rounds in the 60s. And at one point, uh, he looked like the player most likely to challenge mm. Ferguson for the win. And he had me worried, like, that's for sure. I was, and then he had three bogeys in his final four holes. So he fell away to fourth. But I was like, oh, Christ, here we go. Mansell's going to break through. Um, it wasn't to be, um, but still a great result. But he probably is left a little bit disappointed that he didn't put more pressure on him, given how well he started. Uh, but it's it's been a great year for him. He's had four top tens, um, second top five of the year. So I feel like he's fully settled at this level now. And it's a case of like similar to Ferguson like last week. It's tough to commit to anyone at the top of the board because of the level of the field. And it's it's I just think that Mansell is the standout choice given his profile. Um, he's played it before. He didn't do that great. He finished 39th, but. It, he wasn't in the best of form at the time and he's grown a lot as a player since then. As I just said, he's had the top finishes, he's settled at the level um, and yeah, it's, he's a bomber and we've seen, said it, the bombers go well here and I just think he can use his power to, uh, to his advantage at this course and contend again this week. I think there's four par fives as well, which I think it's important to score on those. So yeah. I'm all over him at 25 to 1. I know it's not the greatest price, but I think it's just enough for me to go on him. So I think for me, like when I, was, I spoke about Richard Mansell earlier, like I kind of said that he still hasn't been in the position where you think he should win and doesn't. Mm. Like, But I suppose when you look at it and he has had those three bogeys over the last four holes and one of them was a par five, like, and then he would have only finished you know, one shot shy. And if he birdies the last, he, he doesn't, you know, he's in a playoff. But I still feel like Ferguson just didn't really give him enough to kind of, like, he feels like he had to kind of push too far to get into it. So um, yeah. I still think there's an element of unknown. But, it, yeah, it's, it's, tough. it's a tough one. I mean, I think he has settled a lot. I think he has turned himself into a really good DP World Tour player, like a really solid player, like kind of what we saw about maybe similar to, like, Cancer in a way. Um, yes. Like, just, just kind of hitting the hitting the barn door a few times, never really having a good chance to win. Then you had that, um, Cantor obviously had that, is it in Italy where he lost to McGowan? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. Right. <laughs> um, it, it, it feels like maybe Mansell's going to have one of those and then kick on. I don't know. But, Jace, I mean, you, you kind of agree that Mansell is, uh, you know, a good fit. It's just whether you can get over the price. Yeah, I think I think you've got a problem. I mean, I go back to um, uh, the Kazoo Open um, where we back callum shinkwin at 20s yeah now there was a there was a okay a proven winner yeah he, he's had his chances to win more than that but there was a proven winner at 20 to one and i also put up mansell hillikelder on the same day mansell was 45 hillikelder was 60 um one of them's won three times within the last year um the other one has never um and now you're asking to take 20 at 22 about a non-winner now i agree his profile is there and he's to be honest he's the first one on my list um, he appears in three of the four lists that I want. He's in form. Um, I just, I'm so struggling. I mean, he's the same price as Shinkwin was, and Shinkwin was. I think, you know, he was just there. He was just uh, that. You could justify backing him at 20, whereas I don't know. Yeah, he's top 20 in distance, 20 ticket green, 20 in greens in reg. But again, what he did uh, coming home on Sunday was. Um, you know that that last. I mean, he was absolutely distraught when he when he knocked it in the water. But it's him. He tightens up. Um, you know, three bogeys in his last uh, five, four holes. And and it, oh, I don't know. I just, 
I'm struggling. I, I think you need to be on, yeah. Um, but you know, again, Perez isn't doing it. But Perez is like, you know, half, you know, double the prior player that Manchester. Oh, no. he's, he's I'm struggling. To one, Twenty-five to one with Bet Victor and Skybet at the minute. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I'm struggling. I, I agree that you have to have him. I think he has to be backed, and I think he has to go in the column. Mm. But um, um, honestly, I'm. It's a tough one. I agree. The toenails by while doing it, to be honest. Mm. There's not, a, there's not great value there. I, I mean, it's just, so it's a matter of those where it's a bit like I said with you and last week. I just think he is the best one at the top, even though he's just too again, much an upside. Sorry, Tom. Would you have backed you and Ferguson had he not won this season? Mm. At least he's won. Twenty-two. Mansell hasn't. He's the same price as Shinkwood. He's the same price as he is now, anyway. Yeah. He's yeah. the same price as. Uh, that's my problem. I, I'm, no, yes, I he has to be put in, but I, I, I need to, you know, eat my arm or something as I'm backing. <laughs> I think, I think maybe the best <laughs> thing to do is to back him and just don't watch the final round, um, and just and just hope that he's there and gets out of the line. Um, it, it does feel, it does feel very, very much like Shinkwin. I don't think it feels as much about you and Ferguson because I actually wasn't. I thought Shinkwin was like the the clear and obvious. And I just didn't want to do it because he was 20 summers. I think Ferguson still had a bit of out in Brad where you had to kind of make a decision. Yeah, and um, I think it was the signs from last week. I mean, Ewan was like third on ball striking. He's hitting it well. I just felt like he was trending into a, a good performance. Um, and yeah. and that was it. And it was just felt like there was enough signs from the week before to back him at that price. And I think I just saw just about enough. As Jason said, I think being in form is going to be huge this week. You know, and... Um, yeah, I, I just think there is just about enough to go in on him. I think when you look at the players around him in the betting, I mean, like, obviously, the, the top three explain themselves. Jason's always talking about Victor Perez. Eddie Pepperell's in, in great form again um, and, and generally tends to warrant his price, although he, he can do anything. Polter, we don't know what kind of shape he's going to come back in. Henny Duplessis played well in Africa last week. Um, but again, has been off on. Also, that was, a, that was a team event as well, which is worth noting. Was he? Um, was he? Did, did you notice who yeah, played well out of the yeah. team? Or uh, I didn't know because I, I lost interest in that event because all the bets got voided, so I didn't really pay much attention to it other than looking at the final results. So I don't know how much he contributed to that score, but I don't know. I just... Do you know who he was teamed with? Oh, I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come. We'll circle back to that. But but my point would be is that like Laurie Cantor, you know, I've just used him as an example of what Richard Mansell's kind of becoming. I think, um, and and Cantor's kind of not only has he gone over to the other uh, side, but he's been dog shit when he's been over there. So um, you know, it's it's an interesting price for him. But the reason I couldn't get to Mansell is I just I couldn't avoid going back to Crocker. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been talking about Crocker basically since we started this podcast, maybe a little bit after. Um, you know, he's basically one of the best ball strikers on the tour. He, you know, you read some of the things online, people say that he's got some of the best swings I've ever seen, which is interesting considering, like, I think he's a bit of a late starter in the game and stuff like that. So he's, he's definitely come a long way. Um, and I just wonder, like, I knew, I didn't know, I, I can't deal in definites, but I'm not surprised that he missed that cut last time out because I just felt like he was going to be way too hungover, way too happy that he'd won and didn't really need to rededicate himself. Whereas this week, he's now come back to a golf course that he finished second on last year. It was a golf course that he had a chance to win on. Uh, he made four birdies from nine to, uh, nine to 12 hole in the final round and then actually bogeyed 14 and 15 to kind of drop off. Come back and birdied the 18th, showed a bit of character. 
And now you look at it, he's like 41st in the race of the buy rankings, which is, you know, decent enough. But that's with a win. So, like, he, he's got some work to do still. And I just think he might just rededicate himself now. He's had a couple of weeks to get over it. Um, mm -hmm. He was away last week. I don't really know where. I just saw that he was getting pissed and stuff like that. So maybe he's, maybe he's going to have another week of it. Um, but I don't know. I, I just feel like it's, it's coming back to a golf course that he clearly felt for, um, you know, comfortable on last year. Um, it's a golf course that's going to suit that to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Sean Crocker, and I think I'll go there. But, mm -hmm. Chase, yeah. you've got Henny Duplessis in your list. Uh, again, honestly, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not that I don't hate I just hate the prices that they are. Yeah. I mean, Duplessis, Duplessis is basically based on, um, I mean, we saw him earlier on in the year. Yeah. Um, you know, just doing fantastically every single week. Um, obviously, he's gone off to the, uh, to the Live Tour and done whatever he did sexual well, it means absolutely nothing does it really no. um there's no incentive for him to to win or do anything to be honest over there but his overall his overall figures everybody knows them you know he's a big hitter he's very high up in eagles teeter green driving distance greens in rig i think he leads par five um stats um his game suits this course it's again I, i'm sorry to be a downer on it it's not that i don't like the players i don't necessarily want to back them no. I just think the prices are just freaking horrendous. Mm. I, I think but it's one of those ones. I, I, they, can't, they can't be anything else. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I actually think you've got a great case for Crocker. <laughs> <You say> it. <laughs> um, I just think it's horrible. Uh, and that's really all I've got to say about it. I think it's just one of those ones where, like, I I haven't really felt that excited about any of the prices over the last few weeks. But every time you go to someone at this kind of range, like you, you went with Shinkwin, Brad went with... Um, Ferguson, I've gone with seen twice at the similar prices. Like, it seems to be that you are rewarded for going with the golfers that make the most sense. So whether it's Mansell, whether it's Duplessis, whether it's Crocker, it feels like it is paying off. And I'd much rather have a twenty to one winner than just go, oh, you know, I don't want to do it because they're twenty to one. So I think there is a little bit of like just stick, uh, you know, a bit of paper over the price for now and just go, you know, I'm going to back them and and that's what it's going to be. It's because. It's just field strength, right? Like uh, the top of the market looks decent uh, yeah. in terms of strength, but after that, it gets very weak. You know, do you yeah. know what? And I hate to put it down on everything, but mm. you really just don't have to have a bet in it. You know, there's a fantastic <laughs> seventy-man limited field tournament on the other side. Mm. It's just back more over there. I mean, that—that's. I'm coming to that sort of conclusion at the moment now. Mm -hmm. this, this Sorry to put a bum on it, but I just think you know you don't have to play it, um, mm. and. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's uh, three six five may well boost man, so I suppose, uh, but that only go back up to twenty five. Um, uh, I'll leave you two to carry on talking. <laughs> <laughs> I found out who Henny was with last week. Anyway, he was with um, Gene Hugo, who's been in really good form. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and basically, they had three eagles um, on there on round three. They closed with a bogey three sixty two, which I can only assume was bettable. And if it's eagles, then I'll put that down to. Henny, I absolutely yeah. just putting monstrous drives down there. So uh, yeah, I'm sure he contributed to them. There you he, go. Yeah. It's, it's hard. To, it's hard to decipher, isn't it? It's one of those ones where like you see like people's finishes on the Zurich Classic and think. You know, yeah, they do? I don't really. I, I can't really take anything from that to be honest. No, probably best if you, if you liked Henny Duplessis, you know, in spite of what he done or without what he done last week. If you're backing him just because it looks like he finished second last week, whatever he did, then maybe don't. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with with coming here and being able to hit, you know, hitting the ball and being confident in your game. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's 
you know, the same thing as what we talked about earlier, being informed. I think you need to come here being confident because you're just going to watch your, your playing partner or whatever just, you know, waltz it around, really. Mm. Um, anyway, love that. I like it all. It's all good. I think it's good. I think it's good to have these sounding out what we feel about the actual betting of it. Like we all, you know, it's all well and good naming players and giving people picks and stuff like that. But ultimately, if you feel that it's not worth it, it's not worth it. I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with the sections I've made. I've limited it a little bit this week because I think there's only a, a few that can win um, or that are value to win at their prices. So um, coming on to that, I think Paul Waring is still just about value. Uh, he's sitting there at 33 to one. Uh, with the six places, it's 28 to 1, 8 places if you want to grab an extra extra couple of places, which I'd probably say do so. Um, he's been 19th and 30th here, either side of two missed cuts, but when he was 19th many, many years ago, uh, he was third after round one and seventh after 54 holes. And when I think about Paul Waring and how he's evolved his game since then, he's, he's only added length. Um, so I think it's actually going to be a really good golf course for him in the form that he's in. Um, you know, I don't think there's many better drivers of the ball at the moment on this tour. I think Sky's what said to me based on uh, data golf, he's a 50th or top 50 driver of the ball in the world. So when you put that into this kind of field strength, it's uh, kind of takes notice to that. So I do think Paul Waring is is worth another go. Um, you've got Wilco Nine Avers, obviously the longest player, Brad, uh, on on the tour, um, yeah. sitting there as well. So he feels very much like the profile of Hayden Porteous and. Jason kind of brought up last week that like that some of these South Africans have been expected to be something and haven't kicked on. He certainly fits that bracket, Brad, knee neighbour, where he needs to kind of kick on. 100%. Yeah, he fits the profile. I mean, he's, we all know his game by now. He's an absolute country mark. I really, really rate Wilco. I just feel like he's one of those, a bit like Matty Schmid, a bit like Chase Hanna. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. You know, you want to see it over a longer period, like a bit more consistency in his game. But that if he shows up here all guns blazing his ball striking's on form we know he's got the power he can definitely do well at this course um and he has played here before hasn't he i need yeah. to look that, but he i don't know how well I did. I thought, oh he started off really well he had two rounds in the 60s if i remember and then had a, a poor weekend so yeah he was he was well 14th at the halfway stage yeah so he's definitely one to consider um obviously the price is coming quite a bit now um but yeah, it's another one of those where it's like you're looking out 33 to one best price six places. It's it's tough. It's I mean, tough. if you if you if you want the skill set, he's got it, right? I mean, I I would probably just take a real flyer on Porteous again, just because I know mm. he's actually yeah. done it at a golf course and played okay recently. Like, I, I would just do that, um, just because yeah. of a huge disparity in price. But um, you know, Nainalpa is definitely the better player at the moment, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Really hard to kind of decide there, but Julian Brun, Brad, is your next yes. selection on the podcast. Yes. Um, haven't seen him for a while. Uh, he was out in the States last time we saw him, which was he finished 27th at the Barbasol, and he narrowly missed a cut at the Barracuda. So um, he had a pretty strong start to the year. Middle, I think he was in the Middle, middle East, isn't it? And uh, in Africa, he just struggled, for, just struggled for consistency since then. Um, and best performance, it was at uh, British Masters, he finished tied eighth. And so he's, he showed what he's capable of. He just hasn't really stepped up and contended as much as I thought he would since getting his card. But I'm huge on him. I'm really am big on Julian Brun. I've been following him for a while, like from the satellite tours and then the challenge tour. It just always caught my eye. Like he always either won or was in contention at that level. It was just crazy. And so what I did learn, though, from that time of following him was. 
which is very important for this week, is that he plays a lot of golf out in Czech Republic and at the Albatross Golf Resort, where he's now a member. He moved to Prague um, with his Czech girlfriend, and he has a lot of friends out there from his days from the Pro Golf Tour. And uh, going off his Instagram, like what I've been looking at this week, it looks like he's been out there um, preparing for this one. So I think he's pretty geared up to do well. Um, and he also has a couple of runner-up finishes in the Czech Republic on the Challenge and Pro Golf Tour, which is always good to see. And I just think he won off a, bro- a break sorry, on the Challenge Tour, so he might be able to do the same here on a course he knows well. So he hasn't really doesn't really fit the profile as much as the other other players I've gone for. Like he's, but I think, as we've seen, you can definitely win um, through different ways around here. So it's nice to have a bit of um, diversity on the card with, with Julian Brun. Yeah, so they're all really, really good points, and I didn't know that. And then uh, Ben has also put him up, um, and someone sort of Mm. replied to him and said that Brun had won a Czech Open, um, which is a 20 minutes drive from the Albatross as a warm-up event. He shot 23 under after four rounds, and he won a third playoff hole against local Alez Koronek, who shot 12 under 60 on Sunday. So that is... I didn't, I didn't know that. That's even better. That's even... <laughs> love that even more. But so he's he, still 40 to 1. Even, I think, six places with Sky. I just think he's worth definitely worth a bet this week. Yeah, so, so I'm going to really hash this pronunciation. So I'm really sorry to the person uh, that tweeted Ben. But I think it's Senek Lorenk or Jenek Lorenk, uh, golf commentator, um, obviously based out in the Czech Republic, who gave us that information there. So um, all really good. Like, really good stuff. Adds to your points on bread and bread. And what, you know, going sort of compounded what you sort of said like the the two wins on the challenge tour just give you confidence that if he gets in the mix he can go and do it um, yeah which is something you need in this field so um all really good stuff there i think i think that's kind of really well sum up for that area of the betting board folks sweaty sack summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch that's why the king of crotch comfort manscaped has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing and the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com and that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. And then we kind of come into, I think the next best sort of range is both of us, Brad, are on Gavin Green. Um, <laughs> I'll sort of start off with him that he was second last week in Asia. He, he should have won. I don't think there's really... Um, any debate with that he started par bogey double bogey bogey on the Sunday but yeah. what I really liked was he started that way and then bounced back with four birdies um, and no more bo- and no more bogeys which is really good I mean he didn't actually birdie any of the last three par fives which you know he only lost by a shot so you could argue he should have at least got himself into a playoff but when you look back through the week there wasn't really a lot happening in those par fives for him anyway so not necessarily indicative of 
you know what he should have done. But he's finished third here in 2018, and he was the 36th hole leader. Um, he was the he was 58th the following year, but again he opened with a 64 to lead on day one. So two times he's or two of the three times he started here, uh, he's been the first round leader. So um, yeah. definitely back in first round leader as well as to win. Um, but I don't know what you've got to add on that, Brad. But he was 26th and 56. Absolutely nail on the head there, mate. I pretty much covered everything. Up. It was just a like I, I actually watched quite a bit of the Singapore Open last week because I had yeah. a bit of betting interest in it. And uh, it was on free view, so I got up early and watched it. And uh, he was very, he was, you know what, for the most part, he was very impressive. It was just a very Gavin Green-esque performance in the sense, you know, he start, gets off to a red-hot start, then gets all shaky when he's in contention. And, it's, you know, I've put it down to maybe a little bit of contention rust, you, you know, and he's only had that one top five this year, wasn't it? And, uh, well, top ten as well, which came at the Qatar Masters, which is, you know, it's always been a good spot for him yeah. over the years. Um, but I'm just hoping he can carry over that performance um, here this week, really. It's simple as that. Simple as that. And you covered already. He's, he's open with a round of 64 on two occasions. Yeah. Um, so it's an absolute must that you, if you're going to back him out, right, back him um, first round leader or else you'll probably feel a bit stupid. Yeah, <laughs> Just, so you, you might as well back him to first round lead to win and to win wire to wire. And then when uh, you, you might as well, yeah, if there is something about it going when, about. When you lose all your money, then you can, uh, you can at least put it down to the fact it's Gavin Green. But, you know, this is a guy that's won on the Asian Tour. He's won on the Asian Development Tour. He's... Yeah, you he know, still hasn't broke through, has he, on the, no. the D Tour, which just feels like he should have done by now, really. Placed in the top three at the Saudi International, which is obviously a, a decent Big strong one. field. Uh, was actually his best performance by OWGR, if you could believe this new website. Um, but, you know, just just very solid like all the time. And he's, you know, he's won multiple times on the Asian Development Tour, and I know that's a different level, but I don't mm. think there's a huge jump up from this. We, we've seen that he's been rusty last week, but maybe he's just got out of the way. Um, coming back to a golf course, he you know he knows he can shoot 64 on. So yeah, I like it all. Um, yeah. One of the one of the players that just missed out for me and Jay, you're going to sort of just talk to him a little bit uh, was uh, Nikolai Nor- Norgard Muller. Um, talk about sort of uh, we'll go nine over being the longest. Hayden Porsey has been a long one. He certainly fits that category as well, Jace. Yeah, I mean it's just. Uh off piste just looking at that uh, corn ferry tour and you've got Burmese who was obviously on the list for here yeah had he played um he's over there isn't he um, over there, and it? you've got Matty Schmidt and, and you've got various people over there haven't you? that you might have actually really seriously looked at over here yeah but yeah Muller I, I suspect Brad knows more about him than I do um mm-hmm. I, I basically looked his, his two best performances this year obviously at Green Eagle which I like open long um and at Scandi um He's, he's won before on the uh, Nordic Tour. Nordic um, top, top 30, the Barber Soul. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a massive hitter. Um, I don't want to get over the top and just, you know, back massive hitters um, just blindly. Um, he caught the eye, but like I say, I, I, as, I'm, as I'm talking to you a lot and looking at it and over the last day, I'm thinking, so what? Yeah, no, I think that's all fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but, no, I, th- I think it's fair. I don't. You don't want to have a bet for the sake of betting, and just because the players fit the profile doesn't mean you know. Because otherwise, you'll just start back in the Hadian forces of the world, wouldn't you? So, um, I, I, yeah, I think I think if we're looking at it, and so we've gone past the fly. Sorry, if you're going to come back to him, but I think Paratore is yeah makes the most sense out of anybody at the sort of fifty or one onwards to hundred really. Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't come in more. 
Um, I thought he was going to come in more last week. He sort of remained around triple digits for a decent amount of time. Actually, I tweeted out this morning for for American readers and listeners that he was 100. Uh, I think it was 125 to one, maybe even 150 to one wow. uh, on DraftKings this morning. They, I mean, they only get um, win only, obviously, and they don't get the kind of each way pace, which mm-hmm. is not factored in. But I mean, well, who four, cares? Well, well, yeah, you can have a, throw a few more darts. Yeah, I mean, that, that price. Yeah, no, I mean, he's turned around his season completely. He's playing like a dog, wasn't he? Yeah, absolute dog all the time. Come back. I mean, he was losing shots everywhere. I mean, yeah. Peter Green back in Spain. He's he? uh, in front of you anyway on tour tips. Um, and, and then he's turned it round, you know, mm-hmm. positive results, Cita Green um, at uh, Kazoo, and then improved again last week. You know, he's a winner on tour not that long ago. Right. Um, he's a quality striker of the ball. And, and to be honest, when you look, like, like you say, when you look what's in front, I mean, obviously Rosner is another one, not yeah. quite doing it. Um, real, real quality striker of the ball. When you think that Nyanabu, as we say, hasn't won, Catlin played like a dog last week. Uh, Paul was just coming back from, you know, the other side of the world. Um, you know, it's it's you start looking at people like Paratore and and Rosner and think it just shouldn't be that price in this field. It's it's simple as that. I think um, the thing Kelly Samoya, he's a winner this year. I just don't think they should be these prices. No. Uh, and I'm starting to change my view on this tournament. So <laughs> maybe just having really light stakes on people that shouldn't be the prices they are. As a as Opposed to, oh, I, think, I don't know. Can we go to the other one? <laughs> yeah, I think I think to summarise, Paratore, like to me, he very much strikes me as someone like a Hao Tong Lee that you know the class is there. He's shown it uh, in his career, and and once he starts showing a bit of form, you should probably stand up and take notice. Like won the 2017 Nordea Masters over Matt Fitzpatrick and Chris Wood. Um, won the British Masters by three strokes over Rasmus Hoygaard. So that was 2017 and 2020. And then 2019, he loses a playoff at the Mauritius Open to Rasmus Hoygaard and Antoine Rosner. Um, and Hoygaard won with an eagle and Paratore birdied. So it's not like he uh, he failed in any way. So I think I think the point with being with, with Paratore is the fact that we know his upside. We know he's going to you know play well when he's in form. And I'm pretty sure he's had a top five here in the past. He's played it basically every year. Yes. Um, yeah, yes, on his debut, Brad fifth place, and he was the first round leader there as well. So, even when he's been struggling, he's been sort of making the cut here. So, I think it's good, good course for him. I did think he'd come in a little bit. I think he's opened at 80s and now 50s, but I think 50 was right and 80 was wrong. So, um, make of that what you will. Um, other than that, I had Dan Heising down. Uh, he's been 36th, third, and 15th his last three made cuts. He was third at the halfway stage at the BMW International Open, and he's finished 23rd here on his only start and ranked ninth tee to green last time out. So for me, I just thought he was he made a lot of sense. You know, a lot of people around here that are struggling for winning form and stuff like that, and, and that was it. And then triple digits, I think there's just loads to look at. I thought, uh, well, um, Tom Lewis, I don't know. There's nothing to back it up. I just think that at some point he's going to come back here and do something. He's now back in the country full-time in England. Uh, so maybe going to rededicate himself for this tour. Uh, Frederick Lecloy is there at 100 to one. Hidalgo is there at 125, 100 to one. Like they all caught it, caught the eye. And then I thought it might be worth placing sort of top 20s on Porteous and Paul Dunn, who have both played well here in the past and and both made cuts for the first time in recent weeks, and they're kind of like 400 and 600 to one respectively. So um, other than that, I didn't really have much else on the event. Uh, Brad, anything for you? 
No, nothing really else. I'm interested to see how Yannick De Bruyne um, does. Yeah. He's another player who's sort of like come off the satellite tour, so he played a lot in the Czech Republic, and now he's played. I think he finished eighth at the Cascada Challenge, um, which is another a, a, a Czech event on the Challenge Tour, which is his best ever finish to date. He was a really good amateur, top top forty. Um, I don't think he can contend. I don't think he could, uh, but I think maybe a top twenty bet might be. Might be good or a top 40 if that's available with Paddy Power or something. I'm interested to look at um, them odds on him, but that's about it, really. Yeah, I mean, he's a thousand to one golfer, so like you say, it's, it's proceed with uh, caution uh, oh, on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it just gets ridiculous. And this is what I was kind of saying about the prices at the top. Like, after this, I don't even, we, we don't even know how these golfers are getting into these fields. Um, you know, you've got Robin Tiger Woods Williams in the field, which was a, yeah. a strange one. Javier Otegi, who's actually a, full, a professional golfer, but also a football agent and a football coach. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a real mix. Of there's a, there's a lot of incentives on the Euro Pro Tour and uh, on the Clutch Tour as well. There's right. some like if you win or a certain event, you get like invites like that. So I feel like some of them will be made up, but made up like that. Yeah, they're, they're kind of creator players for me at this stage. Uh, they're, they're not factors, and, and you can kind of take them at the best. Oh, they're to make up the numbers. Exactly that. So, no, absolutely fair. I think it's time to go then on to the BMW uh, without uh, too much more. So we have had Cameron Smith pull out of this event with a hip injury, which was caused by carrying too much money uh, around his waist. <laughs> Um, but uh, Cameron Smith is now out, which has shortened up some of the prices a little bit. But Rory McIlroy didn't need much shortening; he's 11 to one. John Rahm is 14 to one. Patrick Cantlay 14 to one. Matt Fitzpatrick 16s, along with Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, and Tony Finau. Um, I might as well add Scotty Scheffler in there, 18 to one. All of those players. So what's that? Nine, ten players, uh, all short of 20 to one. Um, so we're not getting much value. But what I would say is that. I think it's going to go to one of them, and I don't think that's a, I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. I think that's pretty uh, obvious, uh, and I'm not going to win any uh, new listeners over by telling you that the winner's going to come from short of 20 to one. Um, but I do think when people are tempted to go for these kind of long shots, I don't think you need to go that far down. Um, Hi guys, just a short interruption again to this Czech Masters and BMW Championship preview to bring you some details on our latest partner, Athletic Greens, and their AG1 product. Uh, now, if you've been listening to the podcast recently, you'll know I've been using this for a couple of months, and I'm delighted to say it's still making a difference. You know, despite this ridiculous heat that we've been having, I do still feel energised, I do still feel ready to achieve my fitness goals, and thanks to the additional more restful sleep that I'm getting thanks to AG1, I'm now more alert and lively at work as well, which is beneficial to the company and me. With the 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens, AG1 is clearly a positive way to start your day. This blend of ingredients helps your gut health, the nervous and immune system, and most importantly for me, as I said, my energy and my focus, which helps me power my efforts through work and through this podcast. And also it helps with recovery and ageing, which I'm starting to consider these days as I knock on 30. But at less than £3 or $3 a day, you're investing in your health rather than actively harming it with snacks or coffee habits that get you absolutely nowhere in the morning, despite contrary belief. So on top of that, I love the fact that Athletic Greens was created as a solution for the founder himself. Uh, he was using a product uh, that was built for purpose. And then he's given it out to a wider public due to his success. And basically he had a load of complicated gut issues. And that was combating that with a $100 a day supplement routine, which, you know, can't carry on. So that's what birthed the idea of AG1. 
and now with this cost-effective and easy solution you too can improve your overall health so it doesn't have to be your gut but you know some of the things that i've spoken about before so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and cup of water every day and that's it no need for these million different supplements and definitely no hundred dollar a day habits so to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash lfw again that's athleticgreens.com forward slash lfw to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance so brad i'll come to you for your first selection um yeah and you're looking into Scotty Scheffler this week. Yes, Scotty Scheffler. So I grabbed him at 20 to 1 this morning. That was obviously before the Cameron Smith yeah. withdrawal. Um, but I still would probably have taken him at 18s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he missed the cut on the number last week. Started his first round on the back nine and found himself four over for his first five holes. Battled that pretty well, but it just wasn't enough in the end, which I quite like because I, I, I was actually hoping that he missed the cut because he's drifted to a better price and he's just got a great record of responding to missed cuts and disappointing performances. Missed a cut at the USPGA, followed it up with a second at the Charles Schwab, uh, tied 55th at the players, then won the match play, missed cut at the Charles Schwab, and then third at the Memorial, missed cut at the players, then second at the match play. It just, and it hasn't even been that bad recently. Um, he was he was even up there at the open up until the final round of 74. He, he slipped down to 21st, but then he ranked third in ball striking that week. Like he, he's hitting it well enough. I just way up and watched it. it. Looks like he's lost a bit of confidence with the flat stick, and but we know like, when he's on song, he he has the all round game. Struggled to pigeonhole him to certain courses as you do with most of the elite. He didn't just turn up anywhere. Um, I mean, his Texan buddy, uh, Sal, Sal won last week yeah. and I took him in the FedEx Cup standings. Like they're both one and two in the rankings at the moment. So I'm sure there's a bit of friendly banter being shared there. I, I just I just fancy he's going to bounce back here with a big performance. I think he's, he's due one. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because you, you talk about the, the loss of confidence on the greens. Like this is a guy that's watched everything go in this season mm-hmm. after years of watching it not go in uh, and now all of a sudden he's had a couple of weeks stretch where it hasn't and you know that can get in your head and you can make you think oh that I am human again and I'm not the guy that's just going to win four or five times off the off you know in a row anymore and you know that can damage you I think the good thing about him is he's got a, a really level-headed caddy on his bag I give a lot of credit to um Ted Scott all season Ted's long so you know I've, I don't need to keep showering praise on him but it is, it is something to do with that. I think it's you know, a massive part of what he's done. So, um, yeah, I, I thought really, you can make anyone can make a case for anyone up here, right? Like I, I thought that John Rahm was really impressive last week after being pretty below par for a long period of time. Uh, Patrick Cantlay looked like he was going to have a really good start, and, and then I don't know what happened. Uh, Roy McIlroy is another one who, when he misses a cut, seems to bounce back. Um, but all of that, Jace, you're you're in at Matt Fitzpatrick at the top here. Yeah, I can't. I just can't knock him. Mm. Uh, I, I'm struggling. I mean, like, like you say, yeah, they're short, but it's only a 70 man field, isn't yeah. it? Which 30 of them can't win anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fitzpatrick's top grade, isn't he? Got um, fifth last week, despite being ranked, uh, I think, his worst ranking for uh, uh, putting average for uh, an awful long time. Um, you know, Fitzpatrick, you know what he is. 14th the Masters, fifth at PGA, won the US Open. Doesn't matter. Tricky course, wide course. 
this is sort of a mixture of both, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think length will suit, but I think you, it, there is a similarity to last week in that uh, some of the holes are really heavily bunkered. Um, and my, the, the other select, well, the other main selection that I've got, he found that once he drifted off of line, um, it was you know very difficult to get close enough. And I think you're going to get the same sort of thing here. Fitzpatrick doesn't mind what sort of course it is. He's going to do it. Um, off the tee, he's been top 10 five of his last seven. Uh, T Green is very, very good, as always, as it always has been. I, I just can't knock him. He's on a fantastic run. Um, he doesn't get anything like the um, media exposure that um, some of the others do. He, you know, And they could be on this sort of run as well. Yeah. Um, and he's a winner. He's a born winner. He's won enough times. He's won an absolute top-grade competition. I was very impressed with him last week. And the fact that he was, you know, he came fifth. I didn't think having his best game at all. Um, he left himself quite a lot of um, par saves. Uh, he'd normally, you know, would be a lot closer than that. I, I, I absolutely, 100%. Um, interesting to say about Zalatoris, who obviously lobbed his caddy last week yeah. and has gone on to win the same as uh, Scotty Scheffler changed his caddy and came on to win. Yeah. It's not necessarily the caddy. It's just a change, isn't it? It's somebody different to talk to, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... Fitz, I, I can't knock Fitz. I, I don't think he's too short. I think he's pitched about right. I'm, I'm not that impressed with JT at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, I can put I can put him level with, you know, somebody like John Rahm around a course like this. Um, yeah, happy, happy to be with. Him. Yeah, no, I like all of that. Um, well, there's one bit I don't like, which we'll, we'll segue into, in the fact that I like Justin Thomas this week. Um, you know, when you look at Wilmington Country Club, that we don't obviously know anything about technically because it's never been uh, hosting a PGA uh, PG Tour event or any professional event of any kind. I think it's hosted maybe a Palmer Cup or something like that. But um, Robert Trent Jones Sr. was, um, you know, the designer of it back uh, way back when, designer South course. Not sure if they're using the composite of the South and North course, but, you know, he yeah, tends yeah. to be very similar in his designs. And when I look at what he's designed, he designed Firestone, Justin Thomas has won that. He designed Bell Reeve uh, at the 2018 PGA Championship. Thomas was sixth in that. He designed the Quicken Loans uh, course, and he was fourth in that as well. Third in tees green last week, ninth off the tee. His irons weren't the best he ever are, which is something that you would be worried about with Thomas, but he got better every single day and really improved over the weekend with them, which kind of caught my eye. Uh, sounds like he's made some equipment changes, which might uh, come into gear eventually. So... I think all of that to sort of say that I actually think he's got another win in him. Um, I actually have more confidence in the next one that we're both going to talk about. Um, but I just think that 16 to 1 about Justin Thomas, based on the fact that all those kind of courses have been designed uh, by Robert Trent Jones, was absolutely fine. So I like Justin Thomas. But I, I, like you say, I don't think you can really separate them. Um, I think Thomas, Finau, and Fitzpatrick are 16 to 1 are probably. Uh, and even Sheffler will put in there like all of those. Sheffler obviously be an 18 to one. Like mm. they're all really like worth their bet. I think they're definitely better value than the the Rams and the Cantleys. I know they've both flashed, but I think these guys are a better value. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one in there, Jace is Tony Finau that we're going to sort of go back to the well with because he actually suits this golf course. I think, or we hope, a lot better than than what he did last week. And he finished fifth last week. Making a bogey on the last that drops him out of the top three, Jason. Uh, yeah. Um, it's going to be world number one soon. Well, no, he's not. He's absolutely not. He um, because, uh, because No, he's not. Because the problem I've got is that part on 18, I don't know if that's him reverting to type. 
or whether that's just the end of a, a long three weeks. And uh, it didn't really matter whether he was He's third t- or eight. He just doesn't care. It does made it? no difference. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe. It was very, very poor. And it was the sort of part that we expect. You know, even like you say, Zalatoris did what he did, hmm. despite sort of being Zalatoris. Yeah. Uh, Finau's been winning not being Finau. And I... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to forgive it because he's on such a great run. And and every time I just watched him over the weekend, he was in the rough off the team. Now, it was only slight. It wasn't anything dramatic. It was nothing to be worried about or anything like that. But he was in the rough. And that meant he simply couldn't live with somebody like Zalatoris or Stracker. Yeah. Stracker was amazing. Stracker was finding every single fairway. <laughs> but it just meant that he couldn't live with them. And the fact that he really should have been third by one pup... Yeah. Um, just says an awful lot about what he's doing at the moment um he's not like fitzpatrick um where you know fitzpatrick has come through from the masters and had a really good run he's just found something he's found something in the last five or six weeks um you know he leads uh where are we no so he's top 10 in driving distance as we know which will help here um he was he was appalling driving actually 61st last week driving actually which, which i say cost him everything else was absolutely fine He's now got 12 rounds. I know they made a big thing on telly. Um, the fact that he hit 69. I mean, had he hit... I can't remember where, where he went wrong, actually, on Saturday. Um, but had he got 68, he would have actually, I think, got the record of most rounds under 68 or under or something like that. Right. Um, beaten Tiger. Yeah. Something like that, I think. Um, so he's had 12 rounds of... Uh, 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 well, 68. One round of 69. The rest 68. Uh, it was just purely that he was two foot off the off in the rough it was three foot on the rough otherwise everything else about his game is absolutely stunning he could have got the hat trick no problem um i don't just don't know why you can't back him on a course like this uh, he's very much obviously he's longer well not longer but he's very much like fitzpatrick in that he will just be there continually and now he's in form it just impressed me that he was able to be top three which is what he really was yeah. despite having struggling i thought over the weekend yeah, so he, he, had, he had bookend top eight rounds of strokes gain approach. So he was eighth in round one, fifth in round two, and then yeah. uh, round four, sorry, and then was 91st and 56th the other two. And then Tees Green, exactly the same. Uh, sixth on day one, tenth on day four, and 82 and 50th in rounds three and four. So to your point, like even when he was ball striking, just completely deserted him. He shoots to 68 and 69, and he's just not making those strictly. He, he made, you know, three bogeys on, in round three and two in round two, but, you know, they weren't. They weren't derailing by any means. So if that's a bad ball striking week for him, uh, you know, with those middling rounds, then I hate to see what he does if he just turns it back on again. Um, so yeah, I, I just think I just think he's brilliant. I just think he's he's come to the he's come to doing what Tony Finau knew he could do. Um, I think it's just how laid back he is that that, that final putt uh, didn't go in, and that's maybe to his detriment. But if it was to win, I feel like he may have. I'd like to think he makes it based on the fact that I've backed him this week. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's always dangerous to, to keep trying to chase someone that's that's won twice in four starts or whatever. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I don't see any reason to get away from them. Um, and like I said at the start, I can make cases for everyone in here. You know, Brad's made a strong case for Scotty Scheffler. We've all made the cases for the players around them, barring the top two. Um, and then Xander Schofle is sitting there at 20 to 1 that I think people are starting to forget about because he's had his run and everyone's on to the next best thing. So, um, I, th- I do think we quickly forget about players. Um, Brad said, like, to that point, like, you backed Colin Morikawa last week and, you know, he, he finished inside the top five and then immediately gets cut in price. So, 
Um, obviously, you're factoring in the fact that it's half the field size and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, Cameron Young for you, Brad, was was next up. Um, yeah. It's t- it's well, a tough one, and I'll, I'll let you go into it. I just yeah. for him, like I I don't think he I think he's decent value, but I, I feel like I mean the thirty to one now is actually stand out on him um, at Skybet. I just think it's one of those ones where. Everyone's got that Zalatoris win now, so they're just going to go over to Cameron Young, and I know that's not the reason Possibly you're doing it. chasing that win, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't think that's what you're doing, obviously, but like, mm. you know, he was 11th in approach last week, second in tee to green. Like, he, he's still yeah, backing it up, isn't he? That's what really drew me to him, uh, because I thought, even though it was not his best performance last week, he finished 31st, uh, but I thought, given all the speculation around in his future, because, I mean, that was... I mean, you've got to remember, he's still young, and he's new on the tour, and... I don't know what he's the decision, or no one really does what clear, but there has been a lot of speculation. So given the fact that he still played very well, uh, other than just had a, a bad day, well, poor week on the greens, really, that just let him down. Because he was, as you said, he was second off the tee, 11th on approach, tied fourth in ball strike. And so he's still bloody brilliant in that department. Um, and yeah, he's just been exceptional like, over the course of the year. Obviously, since the, the heritage, where he finished third, um, and since then he's finished runner-up at the Wells Fargo, third at the USPGA, runner-up at the Open, and Rocket Mortgage Classic. And that's all in the space of four months, which is just some going. Um, game strokes off the team, eight of his last nine starts, seven out of nine on approach. It's just ball striking masterclass. And I just looking at the course, it certainly feels as though his long and accurate driving will be a real asset this week. And yeah, as you said about Zalatoris, I mean, you might feel that some people are going to move over and onto the next best. Right, we're trying to chase the the Cameron Young breakthrough win, but I don't know. You you can kind of I feel like he might get some inspiration from that possibly. And you know, you've just seen Zalatoris win after hitting the crossbar a number of times. It could well be Young's turn this week. But I think despite even referring to that, there's still a lot to go off. Um, to back him this week, I got him at 33 to one before. Obviously, the cam withdraw, um, but still, I think 30 to one is just just fine, just enough. Yeah, I think it's another one again where you've kind of got to plug your nose with the prices um, mm. and, and just take them if, if you like a player. And and another person for that chase would be Sung JM, who was basically the pick of the week last week. Everyone kind of loved him. I loved him. Um, didn't quite get it done last week, but I thought he was pretty impressive, and he's still here at 25 to one. Yeah, his irons went a bit wayward last week, yeah. uh, given what he did off the tee. Uh, four rounds off, I mean, led the, led the off the tee stats in June 13th, 6th, 17th, and 13th through the four rounds. Really, for somebody like him, he should have exploited that a lot better. But he's second off the tee of the season. Um, like you're a big Sanjay M fan. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, 17th tee to green last week at the St. Jude. Um, started 81st, 31st, 4th, 18th. Um, there's just bits there. He was let down his approaches and then he was let down on the greens which is a bit of a surprise hmm. for him given his love of the grass um, but again he ranked seventh in, in total ranking for last week not doing really what he can do and that's that's my theme of the week really I think um, is that players performed or got results slightly better not being at their absolute best now they, they you know, surely this week you know they've got to be trying absolutely uh, and we know look if they're going to be in 13th and they're safe for next week they're not going to put every single thing in I think we know that yeah. Um, but yeah I, I think I have to go with Sanjay again this week I think 25 to 1 
what was he last week? Twenty-eight, thirty-three, something yeah, like 33, that. Yeah, thirty-three, I think. Yeah, you've got yeah, you've got less of a field. You've got a couple of players that you probably don't want to be on um, on the top of the market. Um, yeah, I think seven places. I think that's quite generous for for this field, to be honest. Uh, as I say, I think in terms of winning, you almost certainly could put a line through thirty of them. Oh, um, and therefore, I think I think that makes Sunday in fair value at twenty-five. Yeah. No, I like all of that. And one, one of the things I didn't kind of mention off the top, uh, I sort of mentioned it was a new golf course, but they do tend to rotate. Um, they rotate every year, basically, the, the, the golf courses for this event, which seems a bit strange mm. for a FedEx Cup event. But it tends to be in this kind of, I mean, it's Delaware this year, um, but it seems to be in this kind of area of the, of the country. And I did find the event form tab on Tour Tips quite useful in the, in the sense that, one, you're looking at who's played these types of golf courses well, because they seem to be in a similar area. And two, this part of the year and that kind of I mean just to kind of run through what our picks have done in this event um justin thomas has won it before um sung jm has got 11th 56th and third so that's a really good kind of run of form there tony finau has got four top eight finishes in his last five and a 15th so just loves this time of year this event uh scotty scheffler hasn't really broken through in this event but when you look last year he was 22nd uh, and he started with a 73 and then finished with a 66, 68, 67. Um, so, you know, I think... you got a feel for it. Yeah, you understand, the, the you know, where he was. And I think, again, that's, that's just a very obvious thing that the round-by-round round thing on towards it has been really good to us. Like, it has been it good, has, yeah. It has focused us in, and, and I like it. So, a lot there to take in. I mean, just a lot of information there in kind of two or three minutes. But I think it's important. Yeah. Go on, Jason. Sorry, Tom. The only thing I would say is I wish they'd just mix the courses up because it's just does give half I mean half field we don't think it's got a chance anyway. Yeah. But it is very, very um biased, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, as, as was last week's and uh, I just wish they'd mix them up a bit. But. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those ones like they they mix they they change the courses but like you say the style is very similar. Um but you know we we've seen some different people come from I don't know well have you really I suppose not really John Rahm, Cantley, Justin Thomas, Rory McElroy, Keegan I guess. Um I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? it? It really is tough at this point of the year to know. You've got to really dictate to yourself whether someone's got a chance, whether you're chasing places. Um, and, and after I get through my next couple, of, I think that's basically it. Um, I'm going to go into Wacky Neiman. I, th- I think I think his price is pretty good. Like We're talking about, again, just a limited field. 40 to 1, 7 places um, is available. Both, obviously, Betfair and Paddy Power, same, same thing. So um, I just really liked what I saw from him last week. Uh, in terms of the ball striking, he sat there in third place in approach, and that was after opening with uh, you know 75th on day one, lost over half a stroke with his approach, then had the best irons of anybody on Friday, top 10 again on Saturday, top 17 on Sunday, uh, and then T to green again, similar story, terrible on the first day, 93rd, then second, 8th, and 25th. So his ball striking just really picked up. Um, and I think that's just a really good sign. Like we saw this before he came into Memorial, like it was just hitting the ball well, uh, at Saudi, and then all of a sudden, straight away, goes and wins the Memorial. He's finished 33rd, 31st, 3rd, and 29th in this event so far. Um, but again, a little bit like Scotty Scheffler, uh, opened with a 68 last year, and backs up with 74, 68, and 66. So just one bad round cost him. The year before, he'd obviously finished third, and the year before that, I'm not going to put too much stock in because he's, he's grown a lot as a golfer. So um, I really like Joaquin Neiman. I think, I think it's one of those ones that kind of gets passed over every time, like when it wasn't. Morikawa and Hovland being the flavour over Neiman. It's now Cameron Young's Alatoris and and the likes over Neiman. So I do think he seems to go under the radar. I don't know if that's just a 
a media push thing, like media pushed Americans a little bit more. I don't really know. Uh, maybe the it's probably inconsistency to to be fair to you know broadcasters and stuff like he doesn't seem to be there every week, so you don't have to talk about him. Um, but I think when he is there, he does just really uh, play up to it, um, and I trust him in contention after what we saw in Memorial. Uh, yeah. I keep saying Memorial, it wasn't Memorial, it was Riviera, it was a Genesis. Uh, he was a third of Memorial. Um, so when someone listens in a minute and says he didn't win Memorial, listen two minutes longer and you'll hear me correct myself. Um, but yeah, just you know, just solid, like 16th at the Scottish Open, third at Memorial, 13th for uh, Philip St. Jude. Didn't do an awful lot of the Open, but he was 53rd, made the cut, 23rd at USPGA. And one of the things that that was kind of a knock on him in the past is he hasn't really done it in the majors and he's made all four major cuts this year and I know that's not to say that he then can go on and win but I just think that's really you know useful to get comfy in that arena so I just think Wacky Neiman's trending uh, I do think he's possibly a candidate to go over to the other side so uh, maybe he wants to cash in before he goes and does that um, Brad Cameron Davis was one that I kind of thought about uh, didn't get there in the end but I can see why it's about as far down as well, it is the furthest down I went. Um, he's just been incredibly consistent, hasn't he? He mm. hasn't missed a cut since the Wells Fargo. Um, since then, he's wrapped up three top ten finishes at the Charles Schwab, John Deere, and uh, the Barracuda. And last few results have been good as well. Three top 16 finishes in his last three starts. And, yeah, a lot of that has come down to his strong approach play, but that just wasn't the case last week where mm. he relied a lot more on his flat stick. I'm just hoping that was a blip. Um, but either way, I see it quite, quite promising that he still found a way to score and finish well. Um, but I just he's a similar profile to Young. You know, just a fantastic ball striker. He packs a punch off the tee. Gained on approach 9 out of 10 previous starts and 8 out of 10 off the tee. Ranked 40th in driving distance. He just ticks a lot of boxes what I'm looking for this week. And... You know, I just feel like he's been putting in a number of solid displays, like just in a bunch. And I just feel like he's got that win under his belt from last year at the Rocket Mortgage. He might be able to cause an upset this week at big odds. If not, he might be able to place. I still think the the, the value's there. I got him at 80 to 1, but he's 75 to 1 with Bet365 and 70 to 1 with quite a lot of others at seven places. So I think he is a good each way bet. Yeah, I think he's another one. Like if we're going along the lines of thinking of, you know, he needs to be a, a strong driver of the golf ball, then then he plays into that. I think he'd be pretty decent at bunkers um, yeah. if that came on, which is something that uh, is a factor here as well. So yeah, it, he was definitely considered for me. Uh, also considered for me was Tyrrell Hatton, just based on um, that kind of Robert Trent Jones form. Like he's top ten in both the 2018 and 2016 PGA, both um, Robert Trent Jones designs. And then Aaron Wise was the other one. He had two top six iron rounds last week. Had a really bad Friday to drop him uh, way down there. He, had a, he lost 1.7 strokes on approach. Still ranked 12th on the week. Um, but, you know, he's finished sixth at the Firestone in the past. When you look at his kind of event form, he's, he's been 16th and 17th uh, in this event, uh, which, you know, in a limited field isn't as good as it sounds. But um, just seems comfortable at this stage. Like I seem to remember him playing pretty well in the playoffs uh, in the past. And, I opened up with 65 on his debut in this event and then shot two 67s after that. And then even last year, 69, 66, 71, 67, he was inside the top 10 uh, going into the weekend. So I think Aaron Wise has got an awful lot to offer still. He's still only, I think people have given up on him. He's only 28 years old. Um, so I, I do like Aaron Wise. I haven't, I don't know if I've necessarily got there. I didn't think the price was amazing, even with the, the limited field. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's that's kind of it for me. But Jace Davis Riley for you kind of stood out as well. Yeah, I, I just skipped over um, Tom Kim. Yeah. Um, you know, who's obviously absolutely flying, um, and who's driving certainly um, finding the fairway should give him an advantage this week as well, like he did last. But I've gone Riley. I just think seventy-five to one, given the prices that we were looking at a bit earlier on in the year, um, I'm happy to, to, to give him a place. I think you know, it's it's the old cliche where whether he's boosted by um, his good friend and college mate Wills Alatoris win. Mm-hmm. Um, last week was just a very good effort, and I, I thought that um, anybody that played particularly well last week uh, needs a real solid look at this. Uh, again, figures are all in front of you. Fifteenth um, of uh, driving distance, twelfth accuracy. That should give him plenty here. Twenty-five in greens in reg. He's long enough. Um, earlier in the year, we did think that you know he might break through a bit earlier than this. This is a difficult one to do, but thirteenth uh, at the Wyndham, but he was seventh after the second and third round. Tied 21st at the uh, US Open, uh, but he was, uh, sorry, he was um, top 20 US Open second and third rounds, fifth at the PGA after the second round. Uh, he had an all-round ranking of six uh, at St. Jude last week. Uh, Travellers, he was first off the tee, but 70th putting. And it's, it's just about getting it together. I, I, I think the similarity between him and Zavitoris is um, incredible. Not only do they hail from the same college, but... Um, I do think there's a similarity in the way they play. Obviously, he's not as as uh, you know, as has got that high level of seat green, and he isn't quite there yet. But there have been spurts when he's shown it, and I, I thought I thought he showed up. I thought he showed up last week. I think he'll. That's two in a row he's made after two missed cuts. Um, Seventy-five to one top seven place in the field of sixty-eight. I thought was was pretty good value. So of the bigger prices, he's the one I'm looking at. I don't expect him to win, but I can easily see him nicking. Picking third, fourth, fifth, like somebody like the Gala could do it. Um, Taylor Pendrith, you know, somebody like that. Um, I've, you know, the coin has landed on Davis Riley, so that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah, uh, that it's it's young and and Alatoris, isn't it? College teammates, whereas uh, Riley was his roommate from Alabama. Oh, but, sorry, roommate. Um, but but you're right in the line of thinking that they would inspire each other. I mean, I think Whatever that they like, beat yeah. each other in the US Amateur and stuff like that. So like they're very very close. Would be inspired. Um, I don't know about Riley. I I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those ones where I think the price is decent enough when you when you consider the fact it's, it is a shortened field. Um, I think if I was getting into like kind of his range, I'd almost rather just go further. I mean, I still think Trey Mullinax is overpriced um, considering the form has been kept up. Maverick, Maverick McNeely as well is another one um, who was very good last week. Wyndham Clark, he was good last week. Bits pieces, sorry. Yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's it's one of those ones, isn't it? Where you can just you can like, all three of those players there, like you can just make cases for them, but yeah. you're almost just chasing places, and um, that sounds like a good film or song or something. Um, but yeah, I mean Maverick Manili, he was the flavour of the week for for quite a few number of weeks, you know, for, at the start of the year, and he shot two opening sixty sevens and a third round seventy five kind of derailed him and come back with sixty five. So. Um, and so Jason's point, um, Wyndham Clark, 28th as well. I think he just about managed to uh, sneak in, didn't he? He was 7th after 54 mm. holes. Mm-hmm. And I think, was it JJ Spawn absolutely hemorrhaging um, oh, on, tough <laughs> on the final day? It was actually what... I was surprised at that. It played so well. It was so good, wasn't it? He actually managed to stay in this field, uh, which I think they, they were saying that Spawn hemorrhaging would, would let Clark in. So I don't know who it was that actually played themselves out of it. But now Spawn is actually basically the rank outsider in this field um, after being right up in contention last week. So, um, 
That's an interesting one as well. Does, does Smith get replaced now he's withdrawn or not? No, no replacements uh, at this stage. So no, uh, it's tough, isn't it? But this is another thing. And, you know, we talk about this in running um, tab on, on tour tits, but JJ Spawn specifically, right? Last week, uh, Stroke Stain Tees Green, 8th on day 1, 22nd on day 2, 12th on day 3, 68th on on Sunday, lost over five strokes to Tees Green. So, you know, you can't just take out one round. Um, but if, if you're willing to forgive someone a bad day, um, again, he was third in approach on day one, 18th in approach in, on day three. Like, he actually showed some really good stuff. I don't think he's going to come and do that now. I think, you know, once the, the, the fat is trimmed and, and you get into this second stage, I do think, um, you know, it, it rises to the top, as we sort of said at the top of the podcast. But, yeah, I, I just... I mean, again, a bit like at the top of the market, you can probably make a case for anyone at the bottom to try and get them placed. I just don't want to chase that. I just want to pick the guys I think are going to win, and that's it. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think that that was basically it for me summarised. I mean, uh, I don't know if anyone else has any further thoughts on that one. No, not at all. Anything more for you, Jess? No, there are some interesting ones, but like you say, you are chasing. KH Lee played like, well... Last week, yeah. in spurts, but he, he needs it. He needs it a bit harder when he's scrambling and coming to it. No, there, there are a few down there, but yeah, like you say, it's um, it's going to be one by one of one of the top twelve or fifteen, I think. Yeah, KH Lee twelfth last year in this event. Again, obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, different yeah. different golf course, obviously. But um, you know, there there is stuff there. But I just, I mean, I'm going to bring up the FedEx Cup winners and just because it just makes reading that eventually. Um, you know, the, the best people win. I know if Sepp Strucker had won yesterday, you could make an argument, but, um, you know, it didn't. At the end of the day, Will Zalatoris out, outlasted him. And so now that makes it Will Zalatoris, Tony Finau, Patrick Cantley, Patrick Cantley is the last four winners, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson before that, Patrick Reed, yeah. Justin Thomas, Rory before that, Bryson, Bryson, Keegan, Tiger, Dustin, Justin, Thomas, Mark Leishman, Xander, Shoffley. Like, yeah, it, it's very obvious, isn't it? I mean, you go back to 2014 when you had. Hunter Mayhan, Chris Kirk, Billy Horschel, Billy Horschel. That's probably the last time it was a really surprising run of winners. Um, and even they are all, you know, really top players on their day. So you don't, I mean, you, you've got to go right back to like Heath Slocum in 2009 for a real shock, I think. Yep. Um, everyone else is kind of class. So I do think you are, ch- and, and that's fine. Like, it, you know, if, if you get a 200 to 1 person placed inside the top seven, then, you know, good on you. Like, that, you know, there's oh, that- value. Don't forget, back in 2009, you wouldn't have got seven places. No, there'd have been mm-hmm. five places, or probably not even that. Maybe even three or four. So, um, you know, that, it does. That it wasn't black and white, Tom. It well, I mean, I, I was basically like running around school in 2009. So, um, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you what it was like in the sports betting still, world. Still pissing you, still pissing your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't old enough to bet in 2009. So there you go. <laughs> Um, just to just to cheer up the listeners uh, and and the fellow podcasters here, um, but I think that puts a bow on it. I think I think in terms of the actual betting of the events, um, I'm going to summarise my picks here, uh, whilst you two shuffle your bits of paper and then tell me yours. Um, but I've gone for Sean Crocker, Paul Waring, Gavin Green, and Dan Heising in the Czech Masters, and then at the BMW, I've gone for Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, Wacky Neiman. Uh, I do like Tyrrell Hatton, Aaron Wise, but I just don't know if they've quite made the cut for me. But uh, Brad, your three selections in both events. Okay, so Czech Masters, I've gone for Mansell, uh, Julian Brunn and Gavin Green. And for the BMW, I've gone for Scheffler, Cameron Young and Cameron Davis. Do like the old Camerons there. 
uh, Cameron Smith, giving them a chance to be the best Cameron. Um, on Cameron off the back. <laughs> that's it. Uh, I don't know if I said Gavin Green in my Checkmasters picks, but I am on Gavin Green as well. Um, Jace, your picks in both events, please. Uh, over at the Czech, uh, okay, made me mind up. It is Richard Mansell just because I have to. Yeah, um, and we'll regret cool. it. And purely on class, I'm giving the rest up. They can all go away. Purely on class, I think Renato Paratore and Antoine Vosner are too big compared to them. And at the BMW, it's uh, Matty Fitzpatrick, Tony Finau, uh, Sanjay Im, and Davis Riley. And uh, yeah, I'm interested in Burmester over at um, Ferry. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely one I haven't actually dived in too much, but just some earlier prices. I mean, if people were back in, I sort of tweeted this out a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but like if people were back in Chris Gotter up throughout those runs where he was 28 and 33 and 40, he's 33 to 1 uh, for the Corn Ferry Tour event this week. I still am very high on Taylor Montgomery. Uh, he's actually got his tour card sewn up last week, but I do think there's going to be um, a win sometime soon. Um, but yeah, over there, I mean, you've got some of the favourites we talked about. Michael Kim, someone we talked about a lot. Matty Schmidt's over there. Yannick Paul's over there. Um, Hurley Long. Hurley Long is over there. So, like, yeah. we're, you know, we're potentially losing some really strong DP World Tour. How's on Lee's playing over there? Thomas Dietrich's playing over there. Mimu Lee. You know, there's, there's a lot of European interest. One player I am kind of interested in looking at at the moment uh, is Pearson Coody. I think he's a little bit overpriced at 66 to 1, considering what he's done recently. Um, and eventually when i actually dive into the course and what it requires if if vincent norman fits the course build then uh, yeah. i think he's a good yeah, yeah. He's big other than that i i i think we might sort of tweet some of those picks out i don't know if you guys will but you know brad will have his on his yeah. uh patreon and jace might do i so. think we should say we should say how brilliant start was over the weekend yes uh, in the women's event as well we absolutely and then the final day was absolutely unbelievable we were talking mm. about this earlier on um on the Mayor Media thing about if they'd have done the same thing they did at the Scandinavian Mixed, just how well the course would have set up and whether she'd have done what mm. Lynn Grant did on there as well, because she romped yeah. home in the women's, didn't she, by five strokes. Um, and when you look at Maya Stark and Lynn Grant, they're like the, it looks like there's a Swedish goal who's in a very good place for the women's, just like Danish is for, for the men's. So um, good time to be in that kind of Nordic Scandinavians are smashing it. Nordic Scandinavian region. Don't call them one or the other because uh, they don't both fit into the same category. But in that area of the world, uh, playing very well. So yeah, she was she was mightily impressive. Uh, just put the foot down and shot 63. I think she made nine birdies that she made on the day. I mean, it was it was yeah. it was incredible what she did. It might even have been more than that what we're doing as a service. She actually made 11 birdies. So absolutely ridiculous. Uh, really, really strong performance. So. Um, and you know when you've got Georgia Hall, Lynn Grant, Pedersen behind you as well, like that is a that is a top finish. So yeah, really like what that was. Um, women's golf seems to be in a good place. Unfortunately, it's not getting the coverage that it deserves because you know it's, we're taken up by lawsuits and and pissing contests uh, between the other two tours. Um, but that is going to carry on mightily longer for the next couple of three months um, because once the uh, the PJ Tour goes into the full swing um and the presence comes out of the way i think there's going to be some more attacks so interesting to see what happens there i think maybe we'll, we'll kind of revisit some of those conversations at some point um but i know some people are getting bored of it named jason uh doesn't want to talk about live golf very much uh, so yeah I, I don't have a choice at certain times of the week no of course you don't um yeah you know, it's, it's something you can't you can't ignore and you can't avoid but sometimes it does get i mean i was someone that that tried to kind of defend some players and, and now I just can't be asked. It's not worth my time. The thing is, it's, 
it, it's off again because of um, obviously you've got the, uh, the the ladies event this week, uh, you know, sponsored by Aramco, hmm. um, and it's kicked off again. This is something I have to do in about half hour time. There we are. You know, Meg McLaren won't play it. So, you know, fair play, Meg. Um, hopefully, she replies to me and, and you know discusses that a bit more. Yeah. Um, but it's just just interest. But like you say, it's a bit. Look, I don't think anybody's that excited about reading about it every single day but it's it is the news it is the golf news and and uh, live start putting out tweets like they did um the other week about the leaderboard over the weekend um it just like you say it just becomes now my what, dad's bigger than your dad was that live or was that one of those stupid parody accounts i might yeah I could, it well like one of them live supporters because there's, there's, there's one live. there's one twitter account and that, that's not me making a point on you jason but there, there's one there's one twitter account that seems to keep making tweets it's like live yeah. tracker or something live, like that live updates yeah. I think it's uh, yeah there's live updates and then there's tracker live golf right and he yeah. he tweeted yesterday saying something along that i think it was jamie weir that tweeted that he was trying to sort of figure out what patrick reed had done in singapore where he'd, he'd moved down in the rankings after um finishing yeah. 31st and all this and he came out and made a tweet and then no laying up, picked it up, Ben picked it up. And I was sort of like, we're just giving oxygen to these people. I mean, this guy has 345 followers. Just ignore him. It's, mm. it's really, really easy to ignore. I mean, when I was, when, when you're hearing the players come out and, and, and are terrible in press conferences and, and make stupid comments and, you know, that there is, you know, bona fide journalists making comments one way or another, like, yes, that that's important to follow. When it's just a guy that's clearly been set up I mean, this this account was set up in June 2022. It's it's set up for the sole purpose to rile the opposing yeah. view up. Don't don't give it the. I mean, so like it's just asking for bites, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? but I think people thought that's what I was doing. I actually got accused of being paid by Live once, and and by the way, I'd have loved to have been paid by Live because they're handing out some ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, and and if I got some money just for tweeting, then great. Um, I would have earned it. Um, but no, I certainly wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to give a counter argument based on individuals. And I think it's very easy to justify some players over others. It's easier to justify why Richard Bland would take the money over, uh, you know, Cameron Smith. Like, after Cameron Smith just built a legacy. And he hasn't actually gone over there yet, as much as we know he has. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's still, there's still a discussion to be had. There's still points to be made on it. Um, but I think... I think you just got to realise there's going to be more of it um, over the next two or three months, and, and you're not going to be able to avoid it. So, if you don't want to, don't want to listen to it. There's that little mute words thing on Twitter that you can just mute, mute the words "liv." Um, that's what I would do. That's what I did with Brexit and Boris Johnson and COVID and everything like that. Um, you can avoid it if you want to. Um, I think it is important. I think it's important to take it on board. I think you've got to realise that the golf landscape is changing. I think the real main point and i'll wrap this up quite quickly i think the real main point is I, th I truly believe the pj tour thought it wasn't going to get off the ground and now it's got off the ground there's a lot of reactionary um behavior as opposed to get, they could have got out in front of this a lot earlier they could have yeah. said to the players this what do you want let's get this sorted out um and they just i think they're a bit, bit naive like you know rory's not going and, and jt's not going and he'll, they'll talk with the players out of it and, and they haven't yeah, exactly. um so I think, I think there's a lot to it. And, you know, there's always the comments like, you know, you're not going to get the emotion that you saw from Bulls at the Saurus yesterday and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I can assure you, if Henny Duplessis wins four million, he'll probably cry. Um, so th there is there is difference uh, difference of opinion on that as well. I do, I, I do after... I mean, I haven't... Apart from... I watched the first one. 
I watched the first one and I had it on in the background all day because you know it's very easy to stream on YouTube. Can't help but not watch it. It's, it's so easy to watch on YouTube yeah. as well. Like yeah. I haven't watched it since, so that that probably says. No, I've watched I, every event so far. Yeah, like, but only not like bits and bobs. Just because it's quite easy, just to have on, you know, just on YouTube, just on another screen, and you just. It's still like to see how like follow how everyone's doing despite all the controversy. There's still you know, some just, players. Just curious, you know. I'm just curious. There's still some players that you have interest in at the end of the day. Like I mean, I I, I followed you know Poulter and Lee Westwood are the two golfers that really stand out as people that I followed for a long period of time. I don't think Lee Westwood is showering himself in glory right now, but uh, you know, do I hate him all of a sudden? No, like I can't I can't say that I do. So. Um, you know, it, there's always going to be. You know, if everyone had the same opinion, we the world wouldn't go around with it. So, um, I think there's a there's a there's a ruder saying of something about opinions, but I won't go into it, uh, despite the explicit rating. But yeah, I think I think that's about it really on it. I don't want to talk too much about it. I think if we're going to talk about it, we'll do a separate podcast at some point during the fall season or the uh, the autumn season, as we would call it over here. Um, but yeah, anything else, Jace? You got any any Audi pickups or little pickups that you've that you've liked recently that we should be aware of? No. No, good stuff. Right. I think that, that sums us up very nicely then. So, Brad, Jason, thank you as ever, gents, and uh, I shall see you both next week. Bye.